Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Sacramento Kings podcast for Kings fans by Kings fans. As always, this episode is brought to you by Ziggy's Smoke Shop. You can follow Ziggy's on Instagram at ziggies.stockton. They have locations in Stockton and Tracy. We are coming off of a really fun episode last week. Ryan and I came on for episode 130 to talk about the Kings and the bits of success they have been having and look forward to this next stretch of games. Uh, which is really important to the outcome of the season. You can find that episode or any of our other episodes streaming on the Believe Podcast Network or wherever you get your podcasts. Bringing in my co-host today, as always, Ryan. What's good? What's going on? We have our first podcast post-Christmas 2022. Sacramento is hosting the Nuggets tonight. And they will be hosting the Nuggets tomorrow night and potentially without DeMontis Sabonis. So could be <clears throat> a rough stretch here coming up, um, you know, leading up to Christmas. Kings were riding some momentum and that totally got pissed away with those losses to the Wizards and Charlotte, both at home, which really fucking unacceptable. But uh, we'll, we'll jump into that. But, you know, I'm excited to be here. It's a good Christmas break. And, uh, you know, I know you're going to the game tonight. I'm potentially going to be there Friday. So just, you know, really looking forward to the, you know, Kings basketball leading into the new year. I'm glad that this little week off, we both have the week off this week, like a lot of people between the holidays, three home games, which is good. The Kings had uh, a big road stretch where they, I think that's where we ended our last podcast. They had that road stretch and they, they did pretty well, you know, as as well as you could, I guess, hope for. And that's one thing we talked about. And then we we were looking ahead at this uh, stretch of the season up and through the new year and kind of looking at how it can change everything and uh, yeah, with a potential injury and kind of the trends of this last week and hopefully it doesn't continue. That's what I want to talk about, so I think we can talk about. But uh, before we get into doing that, Ryan, you know I got that bet online ad read. People are always asking us. I know people are asking you, Ryan. Betting's becoming huge. Everybody's doing it. Everybody's having fun with it. So if you want to bet and you want to know how, this is how you do it. So bet online remains your number one source for all of your sports betting this season, everything from NFL and bowl season to eSports. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at BetOnline. BetOnline features live betting, free contests, and live scores for almost any sport or game imaginable. For the fastest and easiest way to bet all of your favorite leagues and events, head to BetOnline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use the promo code BELIEVE to receive your rewards. Bet online where the game starts right now, Ryan. It's probably peak betting of, of the year. You have bowl season, NCAA bowl season. You have NFL games, Saturdays and Sundays and Thursdays and Mondays. And then you have NBA games going. Uh, you have a lot going on. So I know you've been in, I've been in it. Um, I'm going to hit you with a 
player before we get started, right? So if you if you are new to the podcast uh, or haven't heard before, this is a segment where I give Ryan a player from the 2000s in our childhood and see if Ryan can guess him based on the bio. Ryan's pretty good. Wait, wait, what do we... We have never tracked the stats, but we say you're 90%. You're, you're the Steve Nash free throw shooter of the 2000s NBA trivia game, which is uh, quite the title to hold. Uh, like yeah, it's a good one, huh? It's a good pool. Okay, here we go. Here's your player, Ryan. Uh, six foot one, 203 pounds. They are a point guard. You're going to know him as a point guard slash shooting guard. Uh, they went to uh, Baylor. Undrafted in '92. This is gonna be hard, man. Oh fuck. Yeah. Here, here's the years. I'm gonna read it once. You're gonna have to pay attention to, to it closely. '93 to '94, New Jersey Nets. '94 to '97, Boston Celtics. '97 to '02, the Charlotte Hornets, and then to '03, New Orleans Hornets because they moved. That's this is where you're gonna know this player from. Ryan is, is from the Hornets. Houston Rockets, '04 to '06, Cavs, '06 to '07. Career averages of twelve points a game. This is a tough one. I will be very surprised if you if you if you get this one. David Wesley, you motherfucker! You really oh, that is you, you got it. David Wesley, Jesus, what a good pool. I'm I'm gonna give you credit good. on this one. That was a good. Hey, hey, not gonna lie. I just pulled it out of my ass. I was thinking. Originally, Tony Delk, dude. That that was the name that crossed my mind first, but the Celtics wasn't... He played for the Celtics too early in your time frame that you were given, so... Wow. Yeah, that was the hardest one so far, man. I'll give that to you. That was a good... That was a good... That was a very good one. Wow. Yeah, that's a good get. So, you know, I like to do this. Okay. Uh, yeah, nice. Yeah, we like, to, we like to do this to break in the episode and get the conversation going and really just to show off the random 2000s knowledge that we do have. Um but I, 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 we don't script it. I try to get Ryan. I do within reason. I try not to give him some bullshit ass player. I try to give him a random player, but somewhat attainable. And I'll give you credit. That was probably the best one that you've you've gotten yet. Um, I don't have anything to say on on him as a player. He was just, you know, what would you say about him? Wesley's a player yeah. like it. my guy. My guy on NBA Live 2003 had that three pointer for the New Orleans Hornets. So or whatever whatever they were back then. Uh, you know, so that was always a, uh, you know, if you ever use those random teams and especially those old NBA live games, you had to use a guy with an icon. Like he had to have that, that badged icon, whatever you want to call it. Uh, and David Wesley did have that three pointer icon in the game. So I, I do remember shooting threes with that guy, but that was a, that was a good one, man. I'm really glad I got that actually. I'm pumped. Yeah. Nice. Well, I think that I wanted to just break in the episode with King's talk just because I think that there's a good conversation right away we should jump into. And I'm trying to look on the last podcast that we recorded, which was, okay, I pulled it. It was right after the Detroit Pistons game, and we were looking ahead. And it was Hornets, Lakers, Wizards, Nuggets, so, so which is kind of in the thick of what we're having. So it was ahead of that Hornets game. And we were we were kind of taking a look at that. And the conversation that we had last week was about how this next stretch, pretty much all the way up until the All-Star break, but particularly the next two to three weeks, was a real opportunity with the Western Conference standings so tight to you know take advantage of the schedule and kind of separate yourselves and let others fall down in the standings and maybe kind of hold that line. Uh, we felt that there were some really attainable wins there. The Kings have been playing well. They've come off the road, so they're at home for some of these. And I don't think it's 
I don't know, Ryan. I think I think the caution was that it's a long it's a long season. It's 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 hard, you know, to to get up to up and down. And a lot of people have gotten up, rightfully so, season. But I don't know, man. Disappointed on really, I I, I would say that Hornets game, and then with the injury, just like that little cherry on top to kind of put a damper on this stretch. So, did I represent our take well and kind of where we're at right now and what where we're, what we've been thinking? Yeah, I mean, you started by saying you know people climbing the standings and. It's, you know, it's that part of the season where teams start to separate themselves. And you're right, man. We've came on here for the last few weeks and we've talked about how this is a chance for Sacramento to really separate themselves and kind of cement themselves in the middle of the Western Conference. And they failed miserably. That It was pretty fucking bad dropping those games to the Wizards and the Hornets at home. Um, and then to lose Sabonis, which nobody knows what's going on with that, by the way. Uh, you know, people are sitting there speculating um, some people think it's worse. Some people think it's, it's bad. I, I, or not as bad. I don't know. He's officially listed as questionable tonight. Guy's not going to play. And I would imagine he's not going to play tomorrow night. If he doesn't play tonight, that doesn't really, you know, um, but we're going to see real fast, uh, how good Sacramento really is. One of their, well, actually their big fault. And I think it's really their only fault of this roster is depth at the big men. Right. Uh, there is nobody after Sabonis. And, uh, you know, we're going to start getting back into people crying for Rashawn Holmes to get in there, but he's obviously not the answer. Uh, Alex Lynn is definitely not the answer. Uh, Kate is not the answer. Metu's not the answer. Uh, so, what it's going to take is it's going to take all those guys collectively to get in and give spurts of minutes where they can kind of contribute. But it's going to be extremely, extremely interesting to see how good Sacramento is without Sabonis. You're going to see how valuable he is. Um, but this is a good opportunity for, for Fox to step up, right? There's a lot of hate. A lot of people hate on Fox. Um, I think this is a chance for him to step up, put up some big numbers. That's the only way Sacramento gets through this stretch is if that guy comes in and puts big numbers. So, um, you know, coming off last week, disappointing, but... You got a back-to-back with the Nuggets. Hopefully you take one. And then I think with the Jazz on Friday, that's a must-win, right? Yeah, must-win. That's crazy. And as far as these, well, that's what that's what happened. And that was kind of the point we were making this past uh last week and in, in the last couple of weeks, is that when the standings are so tight like this, you kind of have to like I said, it's not even about just climbing them and, and you kind of have to just hold that line. You got to hold the line and separate yourselves. That's that's a lot. That's really what the NBA season is so long. You have to tread that water, so to speak, so you don't fall and get behind the eight ball and then have to chase it. You have to you're just constantly chasing games and, and and then games become too big, too big. Like a, a, a game against the Jazz this week shouldn't be a must win. It should it shouldn't be that way, but it is. And um, the, the optimist part of me and I know you you agree in this because we talked about this I think that the Kings match up well against the Nuggets I'm going to put this podcast out right before to go to the game tonight so honestly a lot of people might be listening to this next day or two as these games already taken place and, and gone in so um you don't have to spend too much time predicting but I think they match up well I think the Kings match up well with a lot of teams I think they can but but it's, it's one thing with Sabonis they're listening as questionable they finally gave the diagnosis Ryan so they did do whatever finger I saw some people breaking some stuff down I, I don't know man people he might he might play with it it's going to limit some stuff but you know I don't know like I said they, at some point they're going to if he can get out there and offer something and he's willing to do so they're going to take that and that that should speak a lot of volumes about like you're saying the backup center position and the center rotation it should speak a lot of volumes about that because um 
you know, particularly Rashawn Holmes. That you, you know, a guy like you said, it, it is what it is. I don't even know how much I want to spend time on it. When you know, maybe when it's traded or something, I, I, I want to, but part of me doesn't because I don't want to beat a dead horse. But we did spend so much time anti paying the guy, and this is it's just at the end of the day, they did pay him, so it's worth noting and bringing up for us. You know, this is consequence. This is consequence of actions right here. When you pay a guy and do that, he it's it's amazing to me. He can't even like he can't even get on the floor. So if he doesn't get on the floor during this one, then it's really that's we can really have a conversation one last time and for all for that. Hopefully he can step up. I mean, as much as we've kind of been the doubters of the guy, I don't root against people. I know people do that. You said there's been people out there who hate on Deer and Fox, right? People hate on the on Kings players. I I don't. I, I'm just a realist as far as what I believe in and players, but I'm not really, I, I hope that he could step up. Shit. I mean, he started a bunch of games, step the fuck up and play. I mean, it's needed. There's not going to be anybody else, but, um, you know, with the, with the games, with the games this week, I mean, this is what it is though. We've had a conversation about this last couple episodes, really all season, right? You, when we talk about it, you always say it's like, you know, you know, barring injury, they should do blah, blah, blah. Right. It's something we all, it's like that caveat. We always have to throw in there because, you know, truly the Kings, with not full strength, even if it's like anybody really not at full strength, they're not, they're not going to be that. They're not going to be like the Memphis Grizzlies where their entire roster never plays together, you know, and they're still, they're still one or two seed. They're probably not going to be that. So that's always the worry, I guess. And that's why we're always scared, like barring injury, barring injury. Um, But shit, I mean, I guess at the end of the day, when's the last time a team has made it through an NBA season where someone didn't get hurt? Right. Someone doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. So you got to be able to show this. If you want to be a playoff team, if you want to be a fifth, sixth seed, like it looks like they are, even like top eight, you got to do this type of stuff. You got to step up, step out, uh, and put in that work and get it done. I, I don't know what to say. I mean, I don't know if it's all on Deer and Fox. I, I that's my thing is like the weight of the world can't be on that guy. It's got to be on other people too, don't you think? I do, you know, obviously it's not, it doesn't come down all on him, but. But his play is, you know, you're going to ask him to elevate it, right? His numbers got to go up. His play has to be elevated. And then what you're expecting from other guys is to sustain the level that you're at. Okay. Now we can't have Barnes go out there and do what he was doing early on in the season, scoring six points. Okay. Malik Monk can't go into a complete shutdown to where he's not knocking anything down. And then Kevin Herter needs to kind of get back to where he was early on in the season. Guys got to sustain the level of play that they are at. And then, yes, 100%, you are going to ask De'Aaron Fox to to elevate his numbers, 100%. And that's what it's going to take. It's going to take multiple guys to sustain, and De'Aaron Fox has to take it to the next level. You know, let's be real, man. We we come up on here, and, you know, we say we don't hate players and hate on guys, and we, you know, but we do a lot of defending. I'm going to call De'Aaron Fox out on this. He has to elevate it, dude. You know, if you want to be the guy, and you want to be the franchise cornerstone and the face of the franchise, and you want to make those all-star games, this next, you know, if, if Sabonis misses a few games, however long it may be, your, your, your level of play has to bump up. No excuses, you know. If he comes out tonight and he scores 20 points, you know, 20 to 23, it's not good enough. It's not good enough. You can hit your season average cool of, what is he, 23 and a half or whatever. You, they, it needs to be closer to 30. And that's that's what I'm looking at. Um, and obviously, if he goes out and drops 40 and the rest of the team just fucking takes a big old shit, yeah, then I'm not going to sit here and hold Deer and Fox accountable. 
but he he has to bump those numbers up. And that's something that I'm looking at. And that's something that I'm I'm going to call out if Sabonis misses time over the next uh, couple weeks. It's a good point. I was going to ask you as you were went into your take, I was going to ask you, like, what's the point threshold for De'Aaron Fox to carry his weight and be absolved from the criticism? Like, what what's that point threshold? I, I looked at, there's two points I want to make, Ryan. One is for tonight's game, because I'm going, I like to bet games I go to just so I have a little extra fun in there. And I looked, I, I, and, and on the side I was on today, De'Aaron Fox points aren't listed. So that's, you know, when they don't list it, that means it's like they, they have, they're scared to set a number too early without, because, you know, Spona still could play other factors. They, they Because if they set that thing at 23 and a half, which is a really weird, yeah, where a lot of they're his stuff buried. sits at, he, they're going to get buried. I'd bet that too. So that's something to look at. You know, that's why I always, I do like to look at the bet at Vegas and see what Vegas thinks and what's the threshold. So I think just hitting the over on the points would be, expected over 23 and a half, which is really where he set most games. Most games is 23 to 22 and a half. We look at it every game. So I, I expect it if Sabonis is in there to sit around more of the 24 and a half, 25 and a half range. Uh, and he would kind of need to hit that threshold to be absolved. The, the second point I like to make though, and that's why I said it can't be all on him. And and yes, out of the two of us, I, I seem to be always more the apologist of De'Aaron Fox. And it's not that he's without flaws or anything like that. It's just, I, I, I think that in the big picture, I, 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 when I look at the layers of the team, you know, and I blame the layer, I don't blame him necessarily. And, and an example really is in the two losses this last week. Uh, Darren Fox, okay, okay, Charlotte Hornets, uh, Sabonis 28 points, 23 rebounds. Darren Fox 37 points, Kings lose. Um, then, then you look at the Wizards game the other day, another loss. Uh, Darren Fox shows up 26 points, seven rebounds, Kings lose. So, that, that's where I'm kind of getting a little bit nervous and worried about it is like it can't be on him because even in even at full strength, quote unquote, right? They he 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 does he still does put out and the Kings still lose. So even him hitting that over 25, over 24, you know, 27 points, 28 points, it doesn't always show to be equating to wins because you have other guys on the roster who just don't get it done as well and that's the thing is it's great it's got to really i think ryan it does have to be the harrison barnes it does it does have to be the murray to kind of keegan murray he has his kind of baseline he needs to hit his baseline you know he he can't have these dud games like he's had a couple times this season or a lot of times this season um you know you can't i don't think it's fair then to then turn and start looking to bench players to then carry the weight like a malik monk Malik Monk is great because he can come off the bench and occasionally he'll drop a ton of points. He'll drop 25 points and carry you one night, some random Tuesday in a December, right? When you're full strength. But when you start to look deeper in your roster for guys to like play above their averages for a stretch, that's not realistic. You can't do that. If they, if they could do that, then they wouldn't be on the bench, man. So you can't look to them to do those things to step up. So it really, where where else does it does it does it go to? Where do you where do you pull those extra resources in during a stretch? I, I don't know, you know, and that's that's I guess to be seen. So for me, I I'm consistent on the averages, which is in De'Aaron Fox. He can't. I agree. Can't have dud games where he's out there seventeen points, eighteen points. You can't do that shit, you know. In in a loss, it just can't happen. Now, say there's been games where he goes out there and he does eighteen points, but everybody else eats. And it gets it done. That's okay. Sometimes the game flow works that way. But, you know, loss can happen. 
and I and I think that yeah, that's where the criticism would be fair, right? Yeah, hundred percent. You know, one thing that's going to be interesting is if this game's close. Okay, if the game's close and we're in the fourth quarter, uh, Deer and Fox at some point would have to take the game over and start willing the team to to victory. That's what people want to see, right? That's what it's gonna. That's going to be the real uh, the real telling point on De'Aaron Fox's play. Now, if he has 18 points, you know, in the middle of the fourth quarter, but then he just gets, you know, in the final two minutes, he gets six but six points, seven points, and brings them to victory. I'm okay with that. Okay, that's that's not to say, you know, if you ends up with 22 points, which is a season average, but he really closes the game out, and it's kind of a signature moment for him. I'm good with that. Um, but yeah, like you said, dude, if you come out and it's 17, 18 points and you fucking lose, dude, the haters are going to come from everywhere, right? The haters are going to come out. Uh, you know, people are going to start bringing back up the Tyrese Halliburton bullshit and how bad the trade was and all this. So for Deer and Fox's sake, I want, you know, I hope he bumps the numbers up. And um, even if they do lose, he the production is there, right? That there, there's, it has to be, it, it, it has to be for Deer and Fox's sake. Well, that's exactly the point I'm making is like in defeat, you can't underachieve in defeat. You know, you can underachieve in a win because then you can always go to and say, you know, oh, well, you know, he opened it up for everyone else, blah, 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 some bullshit like that. Right. Yeah. Well, let's talk about, you know, you you brought up where does the production come from then? Right. From other guys. How do they how do they make up for this? I think it's 100 percent OK to ask Malik Monk to bump up his scoring two points while Sabonis is out. I think it's OK that Terrence Davis needs to maybe knock down an extra three a game and Keegan Murray needs to play a little better. And especially Kevin Herter, who's just been flat. He got off to a, a, a super hot stretch to the season and it's kind of tapered off a lot. Um you know, and in Harrison Barnes, all those guys need to bump it up one point, right? One or two points. Everybody has to. It's a collective thing when a when a guy like Sabonis, um, who who's gonna be an all-star this year, like 100 percent is gonna be an all-star this year. Uh, you know, the MVP rankings came out. I don't know if you saw that, but he's ranked number 10 in the MVP race um so far this season. When you lose a guy of that caliber, it, it's not one person, you know, Rashawn Holmes isn't gonna be able to come in and replicate that. All right, but guys have to to bump up their play a little bit. I think it's perfectly acceptable. One to two points, everybody, everybody, you know. And and if you come out, Harrison Barnes, and you take a big shit, and if Malik Monk comes out and takes a shit, and Herder takes a shit, then that's on them. But um, you know, when you're losing this type of player, everybody's got to step up. So I'm hoping he's not out too long, man, because it would be a real shame. It'd be a real shame if he was to miss ten to fifteen games and Sacramento nose dived right before the trade deadline, right? When they're trending upwards, trending upwards all season, and then right before the trade deadline in one of those pivotal moments, uh, you know, they they nosedive and kind of limp into the middle of the season towards the All-Star break. So uh, interesting time, man. The next few weeks are going to tell all uh, for the rest of the season. They, yeah, they are. I, and that's why I said we pointed that out in our in our last, I think, two podcasts about – the, the schedule and the importance of it. And it's not to say that like every game's not important. It's, we understand that, but there is a time where there's a, like you said, before the trade deadline, like this after Christmas, we say the NBA season starts after Christmas. That's like a saying that we say, and a lot of people think that too. And, and why do we say that? Because at this point you've kind of created a good base of what you're going to be. And then from now until the trade deadline is really where the league starts to, uh, you know, get competitive and solidify. Or they 
tank, like you said, nosedive down to where you're then climbing the back half of the season. Now, the Kings and the last bunch of years, what they've done is they've created a pretty low base for themselves up until this point. If you look at the Kings record the last uh, three years prior to this year, it's been pretty shitty, uh, you know, up through Christmas. And then the Kings have had a uh, they, they then they go on this stretch usually before the trade deadline and they kind of t- they're climbing back, 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 climbing back, climbing back. That's pretty much happened since back when they acquired Harrison Barnes. That's what happened where they just missed out. Right. And if you follow the Kings, then you would know that that's been a trend where they're always in that little bubble right below the playoff teams. And that's why they've dug themselves into the hole. Now, yeah, this season is different. They didn't dig themselves into the hole. They actually climbed a little bit and got above some people. So that nosedive really would be kind of heartbreaking, like you said, at this point. Um, you know, I, I'm looking at it, though, Ryan, I think that's to, to, to your take. That is reasonable to ask guys to, with increased minutes or whatever the case, right, to add an extra three or add an extra bucket. But um, I feel like players still have been doing that. I mean, I just, I know not to be a box score, one box score watcher and make a take off of that. But even just, I think the last two losses are really good examples of uh, of of that is is guys still put put out production. You know, a monk off the bench, 16 points and a loss. The At least, thank God, Trey Lyles is back. He was he missed a lot of games. So at least he's back. So that would have been a double whammy. 14 points off the bench in the last game and the last loss. Um, but, you know, it's going to come down to rebounding. Uh, I, I was kind of I, I was going to tell you this, like for for tonight's game. Last I looked, Sabonis's rebounds was was only at 12 and a half. And I'm, <laughs> you know, I, I think I'm going to see if they pulled that. But. Uh, if if there's no if there's no Sabonis in the lineup, I mean that's going to be, um, you know, that's going to be an easy hitter. So I guess if rebounding is going to be a big one, they're going to miss and just physicality and size. They don't have anybody. They're pulling in Kada from the G League, dude. You know what does that say? Yeah, I I guess that's I'm a little bit disappointed in the Kings. I am. I'm a little disappointed that they didn't address this because it was obvious. I guess you'd know from the outside looking in, which is what we are, I expected Rashawn Holmes to play. You know, I, I do like, can we talk about that for a little bit? Just, you know, not to go all in, but like, just talk about him as his role. Now, like I expected him to play coming into the year. I thought that, okay, this guy had played a lot of games the last two years. And do you think that the Kings expected him to play? And then he just got in and it was like, he doesn't fit what we want to do. Like what, what is the deal, man? What's it? Was there an explanation here? Cause no one talks about it. No one does. Everyone's just kind of accepted. It's weird how a guy who everyone just hyped, hyped, hyped and everyone loved, everyone wrote about, everyone talked about. And then all of a sudden now he's not playing like at all. And then he's getting to the point where they're pulling in Kata and Matu and all these other guys. It's like, what is, and nobody wants to, no articles about it. What the what the hell, man? What's going on? Well, let's let's. I'm glad you brought this up. So, no articles. Nobody in the big media is talking about this. Why? Because they were all fucking wrong. That's why. That's all these point. people, all these people who doubled and tripled down with us, that we got in countless arguments with over about how Rashawn Holmes is an average player and he doesn't deserve the ten to thirteen million. I think is what we said that we thought he he would get and. Um, we, we, we thought he didn't deserve it. All these people doubled down and told us 18 million, 15 million. Some people were saying 20 million a year. They were so big of advocates for it. And then it comes down to this year where he can't even see the fucking court. They're embarrassed by it, dude. They're not going to bring up there. Why would they bring that up? Right. That that's shooting down their credibility. You know, all these big time media guys, they're not going to come out and say, Oh, 
why isn't he playing now? Nah, they're just being quiet and hope it, it gets washed away and nobody calls them and pulls out those receipts. But guess what, motherfuckers? We have those receipts, right? Now, I'm not going to go at people, right? I'm not going to go at people and start, um, you know, bringing out old receipts unless somebody comes at me a little sideways. But I have them. I know who you were, right? And I've noticed all year that you haven't said one damn thing about why Rashawn Holmes isn't playing, okay? But I know, and you know that I know, that that was a shit take on your part. So are you surprised, Derek? Are, are you really surprised that anybody's not talking about this? I thought this is exactly how it would go. I, I thought coming into the season, um, I thought he, I, honestly, I thought 15 minutes a night. He'd at least see 15 minutes a night, but it's even, it's to the point where he's so bad, he can't even see the fucking court. Uh, so I'm not surprised by all these people. It, it, you know, I'm not surprised. I'm I'm not surprised either. That's a, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to stop. I'm going to say that's a great fucking take. I'm going to make the take again, just so it's clear. But you're right. You know, the Kings are there's a the reason. So the reason we started Kings cast was because Ryan and I follow the team just really closely. Uh, we talked a lot and we and we we used to be on Twitter, you know, a lot. And we were we would go back and forth with people and try to have our take out there. And, uh, and we just felt like the media, the local media didn't press they didn't make a big deal about things they didn't question certain things so i know i'm not surprised that they're not questioning this one either um but i guess at the end of the day sometimes i'm always like damn like it's this this should be a major storyline i feel like if this was a different player that it would be a big storyline articles would be written about it and people would pile on but you're right they're not making they're not doing it because one them they themselves advocated for it and two the people who consume the content were the, were the biggest champions of it as well besides you me KC and some other people out there in Kingsland it, you know everybody else was all about that life man um, and, and that's why I said I've, I've kind of stayed off of it on the podcast because we did we spent so so much time doing it what I don't want is for people who listen to us uh, to come in here and just be like oh god again we know we know we know but I, I do think like you said bring up the receipts anytime you know, anytime I get the opportunity and you get the opportunity to kind of throw that jab, I'm going to because it is relevant. There is relevance to it. It's not like like the the Halliburton thing. You and I were fucking all on, dude, and and we know that. But we we quit that shit because there's no relevance at this point, right? The trade is what it was. It worked out for both teams moving forward. But Sean Holmes is still here, and the the Kings are still uh, dealing with consequence of actions, like I said, and you're right. No one is saying it because it would be calling themselves out, which they don't want to do. So great take on you, man. That's good shit now, but I'm going to ask you again, though, <laughs> as straight as straightforward, right? Like, well, what the fuck is it? Like, what is it? Do you think about him particularly? What, what is the reason why the guy is not playing? I, I still, because even for us, I'm surprised he's not playing. I thought he'd play something. I, I got this. Okay. All these people remember how, Oh, he's such a, you know, remember his stupid fucking push shot? Okay, I shouldn't call it a stupid fucking push. The only reason I'm calling it a stupid fucking push shot is you frustrated? Because I'm frustrated by everybody, how they were talking about how it's elite. Everyone's like, oh, is he just elite in the paint? Elite defense, shot blocker, all of this, rebounder. He was none of that, okay? The, the one thing that Rashawn Holmes had going for him when he was starting last year and the year before, and he was getting all these minutes, he was an energy guy, right? But people were kind of seeing him as he's a defender. He's rebounding, right? He was getting nine rebounds a night, right? And people were free. Oh my God, look at how great he is. Look at, 
And then when it comes down to it and you get a guy like Sabonis, it's like, oh shit, that's what an elite rebounder looks like. Mm. Right. And then you start, he starts getting in situations this year where Mike Brown talked about it. I, you know, shout out Cowbell Kingdom. Leo over there actually did ask Mike Brown, you know, what's up with Rashawn Holmes? Why doesn't he play? And one of one of the things that Mike Brown said, and this is what all these national media or not national Sacramento media guys used to tell me was his pick and roll defense, his pick and roll defense. Mike Brown cited his pick and roll defense and said, or, you know, we didn't see what we needed to see from him. He wasn't he wasn't playing great defense. Specifically, he said in the pick and roll. Right. So um, when it came down to it, he kind of was getting exposed for people thought, you know, things that were his. uh um you know, strengths. strengths were weren't strengths at all. It, it started turning out that oh, maybe he isn't that great of a ten, defender. Holy shit. He's not really that good of a rebounder. You know, oh, man, he he is very limited offensively. Like, wow. And, you know, all these people, all these strengths that people thought he had just kind of got exposed and they're really just average to below average uh, qualities for him. So, uh, you know, it is a little disappointing. Right. It, it is, in my opinion, you know, coming into the season, me and you talked about, I think we said 15 to 18 minutes a night would be perfect. And I always said a team that had Rashawn Holmes as their second big to come in, that's a good playoff team, I always thought. Uh, but it turns out he's not even, he hasn't even been able to scratch that. So it is a little puzzling. Uh, not surprising. It's a little puzzling that he can't even get minutes over like Kata and Trey Lyles and whoever else they put a met to who they've tried out and, from what we're hearing, it's supposed to be Len starting. I, I saw somebody have posted that on Twitter. Um, so that is a that is a little little disappointing in Rashawn Holmes. But again, not surprised, man. The guy is an average NBA player, and people put him in this. Uh, you know, some one one radio personality who I will not say said, you know, he's untouchable. He was part of the untouchable crew, um, trade wise, I believe last year. So. Just, you know, it is what it is. He's average. So hopefully, though, he can come in and give some minutes because he has to play tonight now. He, he With Sabonis out, he has to play. And I'm hoping that he comes out with some energy and he makes some plays. And, you know, that, that would be great for everybody. Yeah. Like we said, we're not rooting against the guy. I would love to see the guy. I would love to see right now as a King stand. I would love to see Rashawn Holmes fan favorite bullshit to come in there and handle some of those minutes, get some production. Get his little nine, ten points. Get a little six rebounds. You know, maybe have a nice, have a nice little dunk, little put back. Get a couple switches. I, I'd love that, man. You know, and and that's where I think you and I can differ. And as much as we can keep it real, real is not hate. Being real is not hating, right? That's that's always our thing. We just call what it is. I I wish that the Kings had found their center last year, but you know, it, it in Holmes. I wish they could they could have found him and he could have done all the things that people wanted him to do and, and that. But it really was never that. I never saw that to me. So I guess I'm not surprised. But yeah, not playing, man. That's we'll see if he doesn't. If he doesn't get out even now, it's telling. Um, and you know, and, and I guess as this conversation goes on and it's gone back and forth a couple times in some threads online, it's like sometimes the proof's in the pudding. You know, if he was good, it goes with anybody. It goes with any player, anything. If they could do it, then they'd be put put in a situation to do it. Because at the end of the day, it's about winning. It's not. A, it's not about anything else. It's not about being right or anything like that. It's it's about winning. Now, um, you know, some I, I guess coaching does have something to do with it. Like there, there are, 
you, there's been players over the years that just lost, you know, they, they lost the faith of the coaching staff and the organization. They've kind of been shelved. I think Buddy Heald, Buddy Heald's a good example of that. Like, you know, he it kind of a, hey, they didn't believe in him. And so they kind of carved out a little role for him, but it was, and look at, you know, seems to be doing well now, you know. So that's where I don't blame, like, I, and Rashawn Holmes is an NBA player. He is an NBA player, like you said. And I, and I thought that same thing. If he's your backup center, that's a good thing. So, as I still think there's value on the trade market, I think he's prime candidate one number one to get traded. I think at this point, whatever it's not, you know, people say, "Oh, trade someone for a bag of chips." It's not even that. I think I think cap relief. I think breaking up his contract into two players would be great, or packaging him and someone else to uh, to to break up that contract a little bit is really the best you could hope for now. And I think that Sean Holmes could get another team and play and be fine. That's okay. It sometimes just comes down to the scheme and everything like that, but. Um, you know, I guess it's just unfortunate. What I don't want to say is like the roosters come home to roost. Is that the expression, right? I throw a lot of expressions. That this yeah, whatever. Is. Some some bullshit like that. But that's kind of what's happening now is that I don't like that the roosters have come home to roost and now they're going to deal with the consequences of that. I don't like that that's coming to fruition. You know, when, like I said, it is kind of the hole, so to speak, in the roster is is that position. So I, I, I don't know, man. It, it, We'll see. I guess we'll see. You know, like I said, I'm going to put this podcast out before Sabonis could play, could not play. People listen to this in a day or two could, you know, hey, it all worked out. I, I don't know. But even so, the problem still lies and the problem is still there. And if you had to take a look at the Kings roster, uh, would you say that like this? Obviously, this is the bi- biggest like target uh, at the trade deadline, right? It's solidifying this 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 uh, front court rotation for the second half of the season. That That's pretty much obvious yeah yeah number one i i think that is number one they need to get somebody who can come in and play uh you know obviously sabonis i i'm you know he might play today i don't think he i mean yeah maybe maybe he plays today and sits tomorrow and plays friday who knows right but you need somebody who can come in and give you five games okay you're not asking that guy to to come in and cover for an all-star uh for 40 games but we need a guy who every once in a while can come in and play 25 to 30 minutes a night and not be a complete liability. So I think sharing up the the front court is number one. And then number two, I, you know, I think uh, another wing, you know, um, and I'm, I'm sure we're going to talk. We obviously have our trade deadline special that we do every year. Um, but, you know, we know we know what the impending free agency of Harrison Barnes Um you know what the Kings are going to try to do there. So I think yes, front court guy, and I think another wing are one A and one B as far as the the trade um, trade scenario for Sacramento moving forward. But uh, you know, and I would I would say that Rashawn Holmes. I don't know Eric about you, but I'd say there's an eighty percent chance that guy's getting moved at the deadline. I, I think that's something that's I think everyone's pretty certain that's going to happen and. Honestly, if I was Rashawn Holmes, I'd probably want out as well. You know, the guy has had a lot of DNPs this year. Um, you know, guy is in his prime um, as far as his age. So, I, you know, if I was Rashawn Holmes, I'd want out. I think Sacramento wants out of that contract. And um, I think they have a, a real need at that position that they can try to shore up uh, moving forward. Well, I think that when you have ten to twelve million over the next two, or three years or so Dude, left on his this contract, year, this year, next year, and then an option. Yeah. So I if believe. you have that sitting on your bench, yeah, and you're not playing it, it's literally wasted money. It's literally wasted money. So and on and I, you know, 
salary cap sport, which the NBA is, yeah, it's it's, it's probably the biggest the biggest need. So, um, you you know what I real quick before we close up, who I really feel bad for, it's not Rashawn Holmes, man. It's all them people that I go down to the G one C and see with Rashawn Holmes jerseys, dude. He's still literally. For active Kings players, I think there's more Rashawn Holmes jerseys than any other jersey um, walking around the G1C consistently this year. So uh, all those people, man, too bad the NBA doesn't have that uh, jersey buyback program. Jersey buyback program because a lot of people are going to be real upset when they bought those jerseys last year when he got signed and when he's not on the roster here in 45 days or whatever it is. Hey, I. You know, it's funny, Ryan. I when people were getting all hyped, I told people that. I remember telling people like, "Get that jersey buyback, man! Insurance, man!" Because, like, I just don't see that being. You know, I, I you know, I, I learned that lesson at a young age, Ryan. You know, I remember I bought some jerseys when I was a kid. Players didn't last very long. I was disappointed, wasted jerseys. So, uh, we're grown men now. You know, I don't wear jerseys any. I don't really wear jerseys anymore. I, 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 I don't. I, I. I have a couple bucks jerseys that I keep in, in just to keep like I, you know, but I don't wear jerseys. Uh, but yeah, grow man, Rashawn Holmes jerseys <laughs> out there. Um, Sucks, man. Yeah, no, it is what it is, man. That's that's the reality of where, where the Kings are. So I really hope, like I said, if anything, though, we hope he plays. We hope he contributes. And I honestly hope the Kings have a good home stretch here, because if not, we're going to be coming on later this week and it's going to be a, a little bit more of urgency in our take uh, with the podcast. So Hey guys, we appreciate you listening. If you ever want to interact or be a part of the show, you can always do so by tagging us. You can find Ryan and I on Twitter and Facebook at Kingscast Eric and Kingscast Ryan. Uh, we are active on our group Kingsland. Check that out. Join the game threads if you want to interact with other Kings fans. And if you want to support the show, please slide down on Apple Podcasts or slide up on Spotify and leave us a five star review. It does help us. Uh, get to more Kings fans just like you. And if you want to ever check out more Kings cast episodes, you can find them on the Believe Podcast Network where we are, the Sacramento Kings signature show. So with that, for Ryan, this is Eric. Go Kings. Kings. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube